Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to Exposed Dragged Out. Now, I'm Joseph Shepard, your host, and each week I dive into the lives of some of those individuals who may have gone home a little bit too early on a RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. Now, today I am so excited because I don't know if many of you guys know this, but I went to college in Atlanta. I was there for about four or five years. And during that time period, I saw this queen. This was the first drag queen that I ever saw. It's so phenomenal to like think back on, you know, what, eight years ago and seeing my first drag queen. And now I'm interviewing drag queens and it's like so phenomenal to me. And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for all of you guys for continually supporting me and listening to the pod. But without further ado, our guest today is from season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's Nicole Page Brooks from Atlanta, Georgia. Now, before we get into this interview with Nicole, she is an extremely busy girl. So I only had a certain amount of time with her and I'm so excited. We are doing two parts. So basically, this interview is going to be all about her time on Drag Race and the life after. And then we are going to come back at you guys the end of this season. And we are going to talk all about her life before and how she got into drag. So it will be great to hear all of that. But let's get into it. Hi there, Nicole. How's it going? I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Me too. So Nicole... This episode, we are concentrating on your run on Drag Race and what has happened after. And I just need to start it off. How did you go about getting on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race? Was it auditions? Like, what was it that led you to do that? So my friend Armand for season one, so that was 2009, was like, RuPaul's doing a new show. I was at Joe's on Juniper, and he had an apartment right down behind Joe's on Juniper, that row of brick buildings right there, right behind the fire station. He lived there. And he's like, come by my place after you get done eating and drinking the house down. And I've already put your bio in because every time I've had a bio thing, he usually, he was a writer. So I'd have him write my bio for me. So anyway, he's like, I've already typed in your bio. I need you to help me decide on pictures. And back then you would vote. So my voting, I shot to top five within like a week. I was like, I'm a top five. I felt so raw love. Yes. I felt so love. And then I, then they were like calling me for interviews. I'm like, I'm going to interview, do another I think I'm getting on season one. I don't know what the fuck I signed up for. I did it under, you know, Cosmopolitan Blackout. But I was just so honored that Atlanta was pushing me. You know what I mean? So the last thing you do before actually getting accepted is the psych evaluation. So they send you to a psychiatrist. So if you ain't doing a psych eval, you're not going to get in the show. You know what I mean, that's the I tell all these girls, I said, just chill out. Don't buy the house down until you get the psyche valve. <laughs> so the first season, I, me and Sony, we almost crossed paths doing a psyche evaluation because we were talking then, but we were like talking in code because we couldn't confirm or deny. You know, like, oh, I just I just went to see psychiatrists. She's like, oh, my God, so did I. So we almost got on season one. And then they messaged me or called me and asked me to submit for season two. So. I did, but I didn't like do a big push. And then that was been when you can refresh your cookies and vote. And I didn't know what that meant, but everybody was telling me whenever the voting was going on, they're like, 
bitch, I'm at home just refreshing my cookies. And I'm like, oh, thank you for the cookies. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know what I mean? And then somebody else is telling me. And then that's the reason there's no online voting. Because that's how I got this top so fast. All my friends were just at home, just computer geniuses. I don't know nothing about computers. I barely get my TV on. So you walk into the workroom. You're the first girl to walk in on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. What was your feeling walking into the room? So prior to that, we are kept in captivity for two days. So you get off the plane, they snatch your phone out of your hand, and they say, call whoever you need to let know that you landed and made it safely. And then they take your phone. Then they take all your luggage except for one bag. They come to your room. They go through all your shit. You're in a room with your thoughts and madness for two days. And I had never been away from my son at that point. So I had been full-time dad every day, all day, and then snatched onto the plane and put into isolation. Like, So I was like having panic attacks, not panic attacks, but I was waking up on the hour, every hour on the hour, just thinking, oh my God, his mother's just not, you know, because I've never left him with his mother. But um, the morning of, they're like, okay, be ready in full drag downstairs in the lobby at 7 a.m., which means you got to get up at five and you're so wound up, you can't sleep. So you don't get to sleep till late. You know what I mean? So you're just there with TV and yeah, you go downstairs, grab a banana, go on your way, get into the van. Then they put you into a little office room and you're locked in there. I literally lay down with my sleep. There's a picture of me during the reunion, just laid down on the floor with like a pillow behind me. I'm laid out <laughs> just in the floor. Everybody's walking around me. I'm like, I'm sleeping, honey. Yeah. I don't sleep like when they're filming like Tyra did. But I was in my room, sleep. Then they come in. They're like, okay, yeah, bring, bring your bag. And so and nobody had tag. We weren't saying taglines and shit like that. We were just walking in the room. So I was just walking in. with my, And I was like, I saw season one where they sprayed them bitches down. And I was like, I don't know what we're fixing to go through. So I was like, everything was glued down. I had a bra and panty, a tuck of life. I was like, no matter what they ask me to do, I'm taking this little black dress off. And I'll be in this little bra and panty. And I'll be ready to go if they want us to dive in the water but yeah, but my season was the wind blowing, but nothing came off of me. But then I walked in and I was hit with all those cameras and the immediate realization that everything I say, my child's going to have to deal with, you know, who was entering kindergarten when I got at home. You know, I was completely edited myself just because of the fact the 21 and up show that I give at a bar is not the same thing that I want all my son's peers and teachers, you know what I'm saying? And also I had to tell my brother I was on the show and he had small children. My sister, you know, nobody knew I was going on the show. I didn't tell anybody really. <laughs> and then my brother found out by some people at his bar told him that they were going to see their girl, Nicole Page Brooks on TV, uh, RuPaul. And he was like, that's my brother. And the people were like, no, it's not. And he was like, so he called me with us sitting there and was like, are you on a fucking, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, tell these people I'm your brother. <laughs> I'm like, let me ask you about that. Do you think that, you holding back and you being reserved led you to being out second? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I wasn't making good television. They tried so hard to upset me and they weren't upsetting me. You know what I mean? Like they hid Shauna's picture from me. They had some neat, I mean, Kylie. Did you ever find that picture? No, no, I, I believe the producers took it to try to get me riled up. But I was not going, I was seeing all these other girls do the most <laughs> for the cameras. And I was just like, this is my reputation here. You know what I mean? And I'm a Southern professional queen. Now, if you say something to me off key, 
I'm going to hit the key next to you, bitch. You know what I'm saying? I will solve a problem real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a very crazy mouth to the point where I sometimes I have to take a beat like I did earlier before I just spill everything. So I was taking that beat, you know, and I was taking it too much instead of saying the things I should have said. But today I would say what I need to say. And now I know the name of the game also, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you've seen it. I can perpetuate my brand and my mm-hmm. narrative without being, I'm not a mean person. I'm very helpful. You know, like I made Sonique and Morgan's outfit for the first episode, you know, and Morgan fucking won. Not that they played her thing. She said she thanked me because I just brought this up to her recently. She said, I thanked you. They just didn't play it. I was like, I don't remember you thanking me. But she said she did. So we'll go with that. It just wasn't played. But, you know, and also, you know, Sonique, I, I was the only one who brought a hot glue gun and glue sticks. Like everybody else was just sort of empty handed. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to make something. To the point where they brought a hot glue gun and glue sticks for everybody else, but there was a tiny one and a little thing. And I was like, I am stopping production on everybody's outfit until I get the big glue sticks that go in my glue gun that I brought. I thought we can go no further on anybody's outfit. I said, I'm not sharing another thing until, and then, because you have to sign, I say it's like drag queen prison. You have to sign a sheet like you're getting commissary, girl. Like, I need glue sticks. I need duct tape. I need lashes. Yeah. Yeah. Bury that. They can't let you out. So, in prison, I say, all you see are queens and people shuffling queens and handling queens. The thing, too, about you being on season two is that it was at the start of the start of what has become this crazy phenomenon. Now, one thing that I always have the girls do is that since the show's called Exposed, I have you guys expose something that either happened behind the scenes that was a funny moment, a heartfelt moment. I've had people talk about fires and like things happening that they've had to like leave the studio. Was there anything that happened off camera that you wish would have been shown? Me and Sonique, we were really like a team. And we did this thing with the umbrella where we would pop an umbrella up and talk about and be shady. And they didn't play any of that. I thought that was hilarious. They didn't feed us well. I'm sure you know all this. But like when I got eliminated, I was like, I don't want to go through a fucking drive-thru. Can we go to the hotel and sit down and be served? I wanted to be waited on. And Tyra apparently didn't want the bun on her thing at that dinner. And it came with a bun and she literally like took it off or a pickle or something like that. Took it off and like put it in the server's hand. If you can get Morgan on here, she can tell you the accurate. But she talks about it all the time. My thing was, I just needed to be, you know, my Caucasian privilege got the best of me. I was like, I need to be waited on. I'm not going through another fucking drive-thru. I just got eliminated. I can be served properly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just terrible food. And, you know, the smokers got to go and smoke all the time. But non-smokers didn't get to do anything. So I was like, I'm just going to say I smoke and just go hang out with smokers so you can leave this room. You know what I mean? And the smokers got let out of their hotel room. They were escorted out. You know, non-smokers were just like trapped in their room for 48 hours. The non-smokers at least were able to exit. You know what I mean? You mentioned your girl, Sonique. And Sonique, I read that you guys used to be roommates. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Before the show, because we knew each other before the show. And we were obviously... See, the thing about the show was most of those girls, you were working five days a week, except for Shangela. All the girls on my season were professionals. You know, like, I was already following most of those queens. You know what I mean? Or had worked with them in some capacity or another. You know what I mean? So we knew each other 
and we had worked together, obviously, so much in Atlanta. She, I met worked with her for the first time in Athens, and she tells a story that she heard that I was a thief, so she needed to lock her stuff up or whatever. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, what? People thought I was a thief? I was like, I am completely got money sort of girl. I would go buy whatever I want. You know what I mean? I'm not... A, I wouldn't say we were really good, good friends until we moved in. And then we moved in and it changed our dynamic. You know, of course, when you're roommates, when you become not roommates for a while, you're not the best of friends. But then, I mean, yeah, I mean, we know each other. We know each other. I know Kylie. I know Kylie before her name was so neat. I know her name before so neat. I mean, I know Kylie's family. I've been to Kylie's hometown. I've been, you know what I mean? I know her. So seeing her in the top four now, of All Star Six, and that is a girl who was on your season, season two. You know her, and now you've seen somebody in an earlier season do successfully well in an All Stars franchise. And I know you have mentioned multiple times, you know, that you would love to come back. What do you want to show the world that they didn't get to see in season two? Because you've grown so much. Everybody like can see that. So, like, what is it that you really would love to show? Because I think you would kill it. I just think I was really edited before. I and mean, I didn't know what I was signing up for. So there's a that's the reason, like, the, the early season girls should have more of a opportunity to come back instead of you running these girls in right after they come off of season because they're popular. But of course they're more popular. Social media is popular now. The new girls have a blue check on their name, and I'm still not verified, you know what I mean? So it's just like they come in with more followers and things like that. So I think we didn't know what we were doing. Now I know what I'm doing. And also, you know, it has a wider range. I would just like to reintroduce myself unedited with a grown-ass child and with everybody in my family knowing. I don't really think I've changed that much. I think what I'm willing to show has changed. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I wasn't really willing to be crass and be off color and be rude and da, 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 and have my child go to school starting off in elementary school with social media starting off its hate program. You know what I mean? So I just wasn't really prepared for that. I mean, my son's not on any social media, so that's fabulous to me. And he doesn't really like me talking about him, so... <laughs> Well, let me, I I will just ask a little brief question about that. You don't have to go into too much detail about him, but I would love to know, you know, when you were on the show, I know that you probably during that time, because your son was young at that time, you didn't necessarily, like you said, want to be the unfiltered version of yourself fully on television. How did you navigate that through, you know, telling him what your career was and that you were on TV? Like, how was that process for you? Well, he was part of the video for my audition video. I was like, tell him you want your college fund paid for, you know, stuff like that. So it was just like, um, and I, whenever he was really, because I had him from an infant on, you know, so I just, he saw the drag room, he saw pictures of Nicole, and I just had no shame about it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't ever, he never saw Nicole until I'd say probably like two or three when he was, you know, speaking and, you know, and then I would like, daddy's dad has to get ready for work. And I would let him see me sit down so I get ready for work. Or I was, he would see me make a costume for dad's work. You know, he would see hair for dad's work, you know what I'm saying? And he would like dad's go to work. So it was just, a, it was my McDonald's uniform is the way I presented it, you know? And so he's not into 
any of the attention at all. You know, I, I think if I could take anything back, it would be putting him on a public platform. You know what I mean? Because he's not into it. He doesn't like his picture taken. He doesn't like any of that shit. You know what I'm saying? And even when he was younger, we would go to the park and somebody would come up and be like, I would introduce myself. And he was like, you're not supposed to talk to strangers. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not a stranger. He's like, you just introduced yourself to him. You know, he's very coherent. And then that same person would be uh, far away from us in the park and he would notice him taking a picture. You know what I mean? It was like, so he does not like it. But in Midtown, he says he's famous in Midtown. He's like, when I come to Midtown, I'm famous. Everybody knows him in Midtown. Everybody, you know, it's because we've been, we were on that block of in 10th, in 10th and Piedmont. We were on, yeah, we lived there between, literally between 5th and Penn and 11th Street. I lived there for 15 years, somewhere in that incapacity. So all those businesses, all everybody knows Lucas, you know. That's so cool. But I'm, I'm glad that you did. That's a very interesting way of how you did it. Like starting from a young age of just knowing, oh, daddy's going to work. That is, that's a very smart move. I've always in my mind, it's like, I feel like if you put any shame on anything, then that's the tone you're setting for it. And I just didn't want there to be any sort of hiding my job from him or hiding that I was gay or hiding anything from him. Because if you're doing that, then you're putting a little tone of spin or shame on it. Like whenever I used to work in like Tunica, Mississippi, I worked at Sheridan Casino and they would always be like, their husband, their husband, their husband. I was like, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. People like, they were caught off guard back then. It was just like, you're talking so free. I'm like, you're talking about your boyfriend. I don't get to talk about my boyfriend. Like, oh, and I mean, there were some people like, you should talk about that in front of so-and-so. I was like, she just literally talked about her husband. I get to talk about my husband. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm not going to be over here whispering to you about my boyfriend on the side because I'm not ashamed that I have a boyfriend. If it bothers her, she can step away. And I just felt like that's the best way to perpetuate that to anyone. It's like, this is what I do for a living. I don't understand what your problem is. If you have a problem with it, then you have the problem because I have no shame in what I'm doing. I'm very proud of it. I'm the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? He knows that his father is on a different level. Reviews. They are everything. Whether it be a podcast review, food review, any time that you can read what another person's experience is, you kind of feel like, hey, you know what? Like, I understand where you're coming from. It can help you make some of the biggest decisions that you have to make in your life. And when it comes to finding healthcare ratings matter even more. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. ZocDoc is an app where you can compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients. So you can find and book highly rated local doctors. It has been so eye-opening just to be able to see where I'm going to go before I actually go there because I normally have always dreaded going to the doctor before I ended up using ZocDoc. So just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or by video chat. You never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again because nobody likes the hold music. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. So now is your time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C 
zocdoc.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash exposed. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. I do want to get into what your experience was like coming out of Drag Race, because I really would love to know, like, you were second out, but also the show at the time wasn't the phenomenon of what it is now. Did you see any success or any holdbacks or negatives from it when you first got off? Well, the thing is, people ask, what's, what changed the most after Drag Race? And it went from money being up to phones being up. You know what I mean? That's what changed. Like, everybody wanted a picture. Everybody wanted to document. They would hear RuPaul's Drag Race, and suddenly they all turned around. They'd never heard of me before. They didn't care who that was, but they heard that I was on that show. And, I, I mean, I want it to be said before my name. It's my legacy. So, and it does get that kind of attention. But I came home and became a father, full-time, often on the bus, you know what I mean? Picking you up, dropping you off, full-time dad. So I wasn't really willing to travel. And, I didn't, and at that time, I didn't enjoy traveling because I was worried so much. I didn't want to be from, away from home or away from us. So I was very happy to be here. I came back to my five nights a week in Atlanta. And the only reason I'm not still working that capacity is because now I can travel and make my month in the weekends. So then I became a pick and choose. But I came home and just went back to my life. I didn't really ride the RuPaul coattails the way that a lot of queens did because it wasn't on my agenda. It wasn't what was I wanted to do. I was part of cultural, you know, history, as far as I saw. I was the first Atlanta queen. I was the number 10 person to ever walk in that room. As far as I'm concerned, I solidified my legacy in pop culture, you know, and that was my intent. My intent was not to be famous. My intent was to put myself on another level for my son to be able to go to school and say, my dad does this, but he's this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that being a bar queen is any, you know, I still love working in clubs, but at the same time, it, I wanted to be on a different level and it put me on a different level, you know, but to be famous is not the goal to be successful is, and I feel very successful. Yes. Um, I'm going to get into some fan questions. Um, we have, uh-oh, do you find it hard when queens make a punchline out of your name? And have you ever felt overlooked or misrepresented by the show or fellow Rue girls because of the way that people sometimes talk about you? Oh, well, it seems like they feel very derogatory about the way people talk about me. <laughs> um, no. The only thing really is like when they compare Miss Westername's outfit to my wardrobe, but that's sickening. She, she's the only one in that lineup that can wear a bra and penny like me. But um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't feel, no, I don't feel bothered by it. I'm not slighted at all. Like at DragCon, one of the things that played over and over is like RuPaul came on and said, Nicole Page Brooks, please pick up a, go to the nearest red phone. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I'm honored. I don't feel, I'm not slighted at all. The hardest thing for me to play down is acrylic toenails. Yeah, I mean, well, like, that was the next question I was about to ask you. They had literally asked, do you still wear acrylic toenails? Well, no, I don't. I've never worn acrylic toenails. Raven just doesn't know what a nice pedicure looks like. <laughs> but you can go to my OnlyFans. I do have some foot fetish stuff on there for OnlyFans. If you're into these toes, I asked my OnlyFans person, who is very popular on OnlyFans, Domino Presley, what I should do. And she said, you should just ride that foot fetish thing out. I was like, okay, so I just try on some new shoes and put it up on my OnlyFans. So you go check on me walking around in the garden. I 
laid in a pool. Somebody's telling me I should squish food, but I'm not, I'm like, that sounds a little crazy. But yeah, no, I've never had acrylic toenails. I don't even, I don't never had acrylic nails, you know, but it's just a nice pedicure and Raven doesn't know things about that. Another one we have is I've seen her do her thing a few times. She really gets into her element when she's hosting. My question is, did you always have a talent with the microphone or was that a skill that you had to build up? Um, I've always had a mouth. <laughs> Lily White, who just passed away recently and here in Backstreet, she told me she watched my show on the monitor in the, watched me perform on the monitor. She said, I have this thing where I do a little tease, look over my shoulder. And she said, you have this little thing. So she's like, keep that, never give them too much. She said, but you're also very clever. You should get a mic in your hand. She said, my monologue lasts three times longer than my number. And when I say hello to on the mic, I say hello to everybody in the room. And she said, so you should get a mic in your hand. She said, it will, your career will go longer, go further. So that's the reason I started emceeing was because of that. And yeah, so now I, they call me the mouth of the South, you know. So that's, that's why people were, my local fans were very disappointed in me on the show. Let's get to the, I do want to ask this. I know that back five, six, seven years ago that there was a run in with the law, but I would love for you to clear up anything that you would like to clear up about that because I do believe that everybody can have bad experiences once in a while and you grow and I've had experiences too, but I would love to learn like if what you think about that time period and how you've grown as a person. Yes, I was arrested. Me and my partner at that time, he was doing the most. <laughs> and I don't like to speak on his part of anything, or but my part was that I had marijuana in my pocket and an empty bag of cocaine. Yeah, I went to jail and I did my time. And, or, you know, I didn't have to do any time. I, you know, I was, I'd never been in, in any trouble like that before. But, you know, you learn from your mistakes. I, and one of them was I was, involving myself and not blaming anybody else, but he wasn't the first person that was doing the most that I was dating. You know what I mean? So it was just a pattern. I needed to change myself. And it was that that was the wake up call that I got from that. You know, it was just like, why are you, you know, this isn't the first time that you've been risking this sort of activity, but this first time you got caught and it was the last time I would be doing something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, that was enough for me. It was really the craziness that he had on him that brought so much attention to it, I think, you know. Well, let me ask you after that moment, after that happened, and you just said there, like you were associating yourself potentially with the wrong people or like the wrong crowd. Did you, have you now changed the way like dating wise when it comes to like dating men and stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, that person was a very devastating breakup for me because I learned a lot of things once I had control of his phone. <laughs> so um, I was I was worked, completely worked by that. So I didn't even think about seeing anybody probably for like two years, two, two almost three years. I went through all my probation, all of that single and solo. And because um, who wants to be involved with, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, I needed to clear that off my plate and I wasn't a very trusting person, you know what I mean? After that. So, 
Um, but when I did decide to get date again, I just went on Twitter and I was like, I'm ready to date. I woke up one morning and was like, that's out of my system. You know what I mean? I'm no longer connected emotionally to this person and I feel trusting of the world again. You know what I mean? I just woke up one day like that. And so I was like tweeting out and um, somebody said, I said, I don't want to go on Grinder and a horse. Did a little, uh, I'm not, I don't want to see a bunch of dicks. And, um, every, and somebody tweeted, okay, Cupid to me. And I was like, okay, Cupid. And then, okay, Cupid, you know, they tagged them in it. So okay, Cupid was like, well, we'll put you on the A-list, Nicole, if you want to go on okay, Cupid. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then I'd never been on something like that. So I put up like a boy picture with a goatee. I, I got to my friend's wedding and I had like 15 days off and I grew a goatee and I'm, this butcher's photo. So I totally catfished everybody on that. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, I'm an entertainer. But, so, you know, some people did message me like, are you Nicole? And I was like, blah. You know what I mean? Because I wanted. I wanted something that every relationship previous I had met in the bar or through Nicole in some capacity, they knew who I was, you know, in some way, shape, form. And I didn't want that. I didn't want anybody that was coming to me for that. So Jeremiah hit me up on okay cupid and i was like my mother was in the hospital with a kidney stone so i was like mom's in the hospital so we missed the first day second day he was like i'm coming to the hospital to meet you i'm like no we're not doing this so we went and met and yeah i've been with him ever since december 7th of 2018 well congratulations and i know that miss nicole page brooks is gonna have to go and do a show right now so i'm going to end this interview with her with one last question your fans love you you had a lot of love in the comment section so many people are ready for you to be on all stars and i'm not kidding i can send you this there are literally so many what is next for nicole page brooks well, hopefully All-Stars and a lovely crown from RuPaul, or at least $100,000. <laughs> I would love to go on All-Stars and reintroduce myself to the world, because Drag Race is on a different level, and I am an OG, you know? So I feel like it's only fair that I do get another run before they give season 13 queens another chance. And then, I mean, I'm here in Atlanta, and very happy with my life. You know, I don't plan on leaving here the movie and television businesses here. I'm looking into writing, hopefully maybe producing something loosely based on my backstreet days, pre RuPaul, you know, kind of like how do you get there sort of thing? Because I saw a lot of madness, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I just, I'm loving life. I mean, I'm traveling. My husband likes to travel. So that's a whole other thing. I have a UK tour coming up in December. So look for those days on my Instagram, Manchester, London, Bristol, and follow me on TikTok. I've got three TikToks up. I have only celebrities on my TikTok. So go see who I have on there. <laughs> People are like, how do you, do you get this life? You know what I'm like? And I just said yes. Like, I just said yes to almost everything that I was asked to do. Even if it was like small here in Atlanta, it always has led to a, an amazing, you know. So I can give you some advice. It's like me and my friend, we actually have a night of yes. <laughs> where you don't, we're not allowed to say no. Like if somebody says, do you want a shot? You're not allowed to say no. If somebody says, do you want to go to the bar next door? You're not allowed to say no. You know, unless you're in, unless it endangers you, but as a group, the group has to say yes. You know what I mean? You know, the group is not, group is not to say no. So it's just like, sometimes you just have to go out and have a night of yes, you know? 
And that's kind of like how I live my life. Is I, I say yes to most opportunities and most things, even if they're not of the norm or people would think they're beneath. You know, I don't feel myself that anything is beneath me. I just don't see myself that way, you know. So if you want me to do something, message me. It will cost you some money, but <laughs> it won't be an all-star fee yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I can't wait to come back down to Atlanta. We're going to have to have a yes night. I would love that. Thank you so much, Nicole Page Brooks. Also, I think I like I would love to redo this again with you sometime soon to talk more about the Atlanta and more about that and the drag and you as your career. I would love that. So if you're down, let's podcast it up yeah. again. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We can do like every uh, uh, Every 90 day check-in. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah, there we go. That's good. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you go follow follow Nicole Page Brooks on all the socials. Go start tweeting out, say Nicole Page Brooks for All-Star 7. Let's do it. Let's get her on there. Nobody talks to me on Twitter. Y'all talk to me on Twitter. I want to tweet. And I do my Instagram lives and I talk. I usually let people join. So if you ever want to join me on Instagram live, just request it and I'll add you in there. I'm real inviting. There you go. Thanks so much, Nicole. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all of the good stuff. Go follow Nicole and have a great day. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Exposed Dragged Out brought to you by The Dip. I'm Joseph Shepard, your host. You can follow me on all things social at Joseph A. Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. You can also go to thedip.com slash RuPaul's Drag Race. The Dip with two P's dot com. That's the dip with two P's.com. Use promo code EXPOSE for 50% off your membership. And be sure to check out other podcasts from the dip, including Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, the Daily Pop Culture Podcast, Pop Chaser, TV History Podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Real Housewives Podcast, The Slut Pick Podcast, and also I Am the Cute One, America and Ashley Olsen Podcast. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Expose yourself. Ooh.